COVID-19, the coronavirus. It's a nasty illness and for some, of course, fatal. However, I believe for the Democrats in America, COVID-19 is their last gasp effort to dump Trump in the coming election. Welcome, everybody, to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. This is episode 57, and I'm Brian Sussman. More at briansussman.com. Well, let's dive into this. I was in a conversation earlier this week with the great conservative thinker and activist, David Horowitz. By the way, David has an excellent website that I use all of the time to connect the dots. It's called discoverthenetworks.org. And it's through this website in which you could start to see how all of these segments of the left are craftily pieced together. It's diabolical. Again, that's discoverthenetworks.org. But nonetheless, I was in a conversation with activist and conservative thinker David Horowitz earlier this week. David, back in the 60s, was the complete hippie radical. He went to UC Berkeley, and he was one of those guys that I, I was I was young at that particular time. I remember watching the news every night. You'd see these, these people in their late teens and early 20s with wild hair going crazy on the streets and sidewalks of their campuses. Well, he was one of those guys. And as such, he knows the left's playbook as well, or in some cases, better than they do. And in this conversation in which I was engaged with David Horowitz, he reminded me that ever since Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, we've been witnessing a vicious political street fight. And in this street fight, the Democrats have proven, like never before, that they will go as dirty as possible in order to win back the Oval Office. Now, here's one big difference between the Democrats and the Republicans, between the liberals and the conservatives. Those on the left are very well organized. That's why I mentioned discoverthenetworks.org website. These people work together as one. Whereas with conservatives, there's a lot of rugged independence. In fact, that's what America was built on, an independent spirit. So there's a lot of independence. There's a lot of sharp elbows. It's really difficult to get conservatives to work together. But on the left, well, think about what we've seen with this presidential election for the Democrats. How was it that everyone stepped down who was running for president. They all just conveniently, at an appointed time, stepped away from the debate stage. And now left standing is Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Do you think the Bernie supporters are happy about that? I was on a long walk today And I saw Elizabeth Warren stickers blazoned upon a particular house. My gosh, they were in it for her to win it. Do you really think they're going to vote for Joe Biden at this particular point in time? Well, they might or they might not. But I can tell you the powers of the party put together this ticket. And I'm sure that in the process, everyone was conveniently paid off. Maybe it was a little vacation house and a plane like we saw Bernie get last time around. I don't know, 
But these people are in it to win it for the long haul. Now, as for elected Republicans in Congress in this street fight, only a handful have been willing to put on the brass knuckles and fight back. But leading the pack is the president himself. This is a street fighting man. We the people, we the people who believe in liberty, we the people who reject socialism, we the people who disdain communism, and we the people who don't want to be judged by our lack of a knee-jerk reaction to COVID-19, we have a rare man in the White House who's a street fighter. Imperfect as he may be, and like I'm not, somehow Donald Trump sees through the political poppycock, I could use a word that's even more descriptive, but I won't. We have in the White House a man who can see through this political stuff and is willing to stand up against the mob. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to share what I believe is the left's latest plan to destroy Trump in this ongoing brawl in a moment. But first, let's take a brief lap around the block to look at the other attempts where the Democrats failed to get away with the mugging of President Trump. The first swipe came the morning after Hillary lost her bid to be the planet's pinnacle leader. I have to share this story. Uh, The door to my humble radio studio at KSFO in San Francisco. Now, this is, of course, back when I was still doing my broadcast. I only left at the end of 2019. But I was the only local program on the KSFO lineup. The lineup included Rush, Hannity, Savage, Levin. Now, some would say, well, Savage is locally broadcast from San Francisco. Yes, it's true. He does. And I love his program. And I loved it back in the day when he was a local program on KSFO. But he's he's now syndicated. I'm just saying this because I'm the only host in that building, or I was the only host in that building, who was actually in the building. Michael Savage broadcast from a number of other studios. Rarely did he come to uh, 750 Battery Street. So I was in the building the morning after Hillary lost her election. And it was hers to lose. (laughs) I've got to share this story. I was directly, our studio was directly across from the large open newsroom belonging to the liberal station in our radio group, KGO. Now, there are, I believe, six, five or six stations in that radio cluster, which is owned by Cumulus Media. Cumulus Media has 600 stations across the country. And by the way, they are just sucking gas right now during this, this uh, pandemic. Advertisers were already fleeing, and now they've completely fled. But practically, going back, I'm sorry to digress, I'm just, in many ways, God's timing for me to uh, not be a part of that lineup was perfect, because I'm sure right now they'd be negotiating big time for me to take a massive pay cut, and I wouldn't take a massive pay cut. (laughs) Starting work at 3 a.m., no, you deserve to be paid and paid well, especially for doing a great job for the station. But again, I'm digressing. Practically everyone in that newsroom just across the hallway from our studio. At, 
had assembled. Uh, there were five, five or six radio stations. Everybody from all five or six of those radio stations had assembled to watch Hillary, probably fresh off her overnight bender, because I, I rather doubt that she took this defeat well. Because if you remember, she didn't even come up to the microphone after the election. She had one of her henchmen come to the podium and address the crowd. So here she is the next morning on TV, finally admitting defeat. Again, it's something she did not do on the night of the election. <laughs> I, along with my partners in the KSFO Morning Show, Katie and Sherry, watched the tears, literal tears, stream down many of their faces. From our soundproof studio, quite frankly, if I can be honest with you, we were howling with delight to our audience. Uh, we dipped into an audio feed of Hillary's speech, and I remember her saying this, quote, And to the young people in particular, I hope you will hear this. I have, as Tim said, spent my entire adult life fighting for what I believe in. I've had successes and I've had setbacks, sometimes really painful ones. Many of you know we are at the beginning of your professional and political careers. You will have successes and setbacks too. This loss hurts. Now here's the line. Remember this. But please never stop believing that fighting for what's right is worth it. Fighting for what's right, she said. It's worth it. Never stop. Well, from Hillary's lips to the left's ears. They are fighting like they've never fought back before. And man, they came out of the gate swinging. Their first punch was a pretty weak one. It was Hillary won the popular vote. Now, of course, by saying that, they discounted the brilliance of our electoral college system for presidential elections. And then they were reminded that Bill Clinton, Hillary's hubby, was elected in 1992 with only 43% of the vote. And no one considered him an illegitimate president for that reason. So they moved on to a more creative plan. When Donald Trump initially dismissed FBI Director James Comey, Democratic members of Congress created an impeachment clock. Do you remember that? It was based on possible obstruction of justice charges. Comey, who was leading investigations into Trump's campaign's supposed ties to Russia, revealed a memo where Trump requested he end his investigation into National Security Advisor Michael T. Flynn. This sparked a movement for impeachment by a slew of House members. Congressman Al Green, a super liberal from Texas, was one of the first people to suggest tangible action towards impeachment. It was at that point that the Democrats flew into a flurry of sucker punches and attempted weak kicks to the groin as they declared Trump is not only an election cheat, but a traitor, an out-of-his-mind traitor subject to foreign bribery, guilty of criminal campaign violations, and more. They insisted that Trump should be removed by his own cabinet under the 25th Amendment as a result of his alleged insanity. 
or because of maybe a personal payoff to Stormy Daniels or the corruption of foreign diplomats having beer and burgers at the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. I mean, it went on and on and on. Then Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the whole crew became completely unhinged when they regained control over the House of Representatives just after the midterms. Newly elected radical Palestinian Muslim Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib swore on the night of her election to impeach the mother blanker. Do you remember that? And then from March to July 2019, if I have my count right, there were four different impeachment charges made against Trump. And then finally, Pelosi decided to start formal impeachment proceedings in July of 2019, eventually voting a few months later in September to approve a resolution that would define their new and biased rules of impeachment in the House of Representatives. Never seen before. After a series of sham hearings, the House Democratic majority voted across strictly partisan lines to impeach the president. It was all, of course, a moot point because Democrats were unable to accomplish the same thing in the Senate. So that's the lap around the block. But now, now there's something even bigger and they want to use it to their advantage, if at all possible. It's called the coronavirus. COVID-19, it's a virus that is essentially a very nasty version of the flu. As I've told you in past podcasts, my 24-year-old son had it, and he felt basically like crap for five weeks. A dear friend of mine lost his 88-year-old father to the illness. It was terrible. Like other such outbreaks, there's no way to eliminate the virus forever. It finds a host And in many cases, depending on factors such as age, overall health, and other compromising issues like smoking, weight, asthma, etc., the host can die. As I explained in my last post at briansussman.com, the end game for the globalists and the progressives, and I also had this in my last podcast, episode number 56 of Hidden Headlines, The end game for the globalist progressives is to develop a vaccine for this virus and demand that everyone on the planet partake of this potion. Such a vaccine will open up a Pandora's box of long-standing progressive plans to gain control over the masses worldwide. In the United States, this will threaten freedom and liberty, the likes of which made our founders, quite frankly, willing to fight to the death. In the meantime, the Democrats are milking this virus for all it's worth in a final attempt to destroy Trump and keep him from winning a second term. The massive unemployment, the cancellation of venues, sporting events, concerts, that kind of thing. Government-mandated restrictions on citizens' participation in their daily lives. And the nuclear reaction of fear and negativity from the Democratic-led media and their directors in Washington is the mushroom of fallout that has created havoc and, in some cases, panic across this nation. Oh, if the stock market would only take a major tumble. Can I tell you something? 
The Democrats are hoping they can make this thing last into late summer, months before the election. They want to erase from the memory of all the great economic comeback that was occurring in the United States under the leadership of Donald Trump. We were all feeling it. Left, right, everyone. The employment, the stock market, and that means for union members, the pension funds growing in value. And 401ks, retirement funds at large. The domestic oil and natural gas exploration and development. The deregulation. The sane federal judges. Huge stars like Kanye West getting behind this president. And all of the black pastors for Trump that the media doesn't want you to know about. The Democrats want to take all of that and hit delete. Again, the liberals' only goal is to destroy Donald Trump, and they don't give a rip about any who fall or fail or are completely lost in that path. As for the way the Democrats cleared the way for Joe Biden to become their nominee was really nothing new. All those who stepped aside in their bid for the Oval Office will be greatly rewarded by the party and those who fund it. And if Joe were to win, and by the way, I do believe it's a long shot at best, and I believe they know it as well. Joe will be put out to pasture after one term. That's again, if he wins, he'll be put out to pasture after one term to make room for Nancy Pelosi's nephew to take the reins. Nancy Pelosi's nephew, of course, is California's governor, Gavin Newsom. Now think about it. Gavin Newsom could have run this time around. Quite frankly, from all appearances, he would have been the most qualified of all the nominees. Of all the potential nominees, he would be the most qualified of the Democrat side of the aisle. But he didn't run because he and his auntie Nancy know that Donald Trump is going to win a second term. Now, perhaps, perhaps, they'll place Gavin on the ballot as vice president, but really and truly, I'm thinking they wouldn't want to do that because they wouldn't want him associated with a losing ticket. Trust me, Nancy is a wickedly wise woman. I have met her. She's been planning this for years. Ever since he was a young man and was appointed, not elected, appointed to a vacant seat on the San Francisco's Board of Supervisors, Nancy has been grooming him for the President of the United States. By the way, I don't recall such panic as we're seeing right now for all the previous coronaviruses. But we will continue to see all the blowhards in the mainstream media use COVID-19 to further erode our founders' intentions for the United States of America. Brian Sussman. Hidden Headlines. Faith, Family, Freedom. May God's Spirit sweep this nation and save us. Thanks for listening.